Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who died for Edward, who died for me, and who died for each of you. Amen. You may be seated. Joshua, and being prepared, for the last umpteen weeks, Pastor Tim has been preaching on the book of Joshua, and Joshua is one of those neglected books in the Bible, except when it comes to Sunday school, because there's a lot of great stories in Joshua that are kind of the meat and potatoes of Sunday school instruction. Jericho, you know Jericho? Of course, yeah. You know about the, the lady We don't talk much about her profession, but Rahab is a good story, isn't it, about a lady who was willing to become part of the plan of God. Um, So, and the the underlying theme, if you've been following, has been preparation. I'm prepared, I'm prepared. And what we're taking a look today is Joshua in chapter 23, looking back at his life. And we can see how God prepared Joshua for his work. Because Joshua, like me, like Tony and Sarah, like all parents, there are three things that work against us when we want to fulfill what we feel are our responsibilities and what God has called us to do. And if you can remember three letters, you might be able to remember the the dark side of this sermon. Every sermon has a dark side, and every sermon has a light side. So it's very appropriate to start with the dark side. And the dark side is reflected in these three letters. S, F, S. Sloth. The second... The third letter, S, is selfish, and the middle letter is fear. Those are the three things that work against us in accomplishing what we want to do. Sloth, laziness, post-COVID fatigue, whatever it is, just, you don't want to do anything. The second thing is fear. That stops us from doing. And then finally, it's just, by golly, I'm going to take care of myself. I'm just, you know, I know they're expecting me to show up, but I'm going to take care of me. It's called selfishness, those three things. And, uh, and now I haven't talked to Jody and Sarah about this, but I'm going to use them a little bit about that. Uh, the first thing is slothfulness. When it comes to raising children, especially raising two boys, laziness just doesn't figure in, does it? I mean, that's not even your mind. Uh, Does Edward sleep through the night? No. Uh, Do you just let him cry? No, of course not. Uh, Do you lay in bed and say, oh, jeez, I'm just not going to go? Of course not. Uh, Being parents... And infused with the responsibility, sloth has nothing to do with it. We are energized, even in the middle of the world, dead tired, we're going to do it. The second thing is fear. 
and raising children, there's always going to be anxiety about what's going to happen. Um, so Jody and Sarah, do you have a pediatrician? What's the name? Dr. Hartman? Harp. Like string harp? Oh! Have you ever eaten carp? Oh, that, that has nothing to do with this. But, but Whoa! Carp, Dr. Carp. Uh, my wife was a pediatric nurse practitioner, so she, she knows a lot about parents' fears. And the first line for parents' fear is your pediatrician or your nurse practitioner. You go to them and say, you know what this is. And, um, and parents are, if they follow the directions of their pediatrician, um, those children are going to be vaccinated and they're going to have their checkups. And Edward is how, how many months old now? Five months old, so he's about to come up to his six-month checkup. Yep. So, so, and you as parents are going to do that. Of course, you don't even. Yeah. So, and then finally is selfishness. For parents, there's just that's, that's not even. I mean, you are willing to do to work, provide everything that you possibly can for your two boys, and you have grandparents an aunt behind you and Peter to support you in that, you know, because if, if they sense that you're not doing what you should be doing for your boys, they're probably going to have a way of communicating to you that they expect you to kind of, you know, do a little bit better. You know, it's probably not a case for you all. But, yes, so those three things, S, sloth, F, fear, and finally, selfishness. Those three things can prevent us from doing what God asks us to do. So this sermon series has been a lot about being prepared, and I want to talk a little bit about preparation. Because um, being a parent, um, being a pastor, whatever kind of work that you do, probably there is a period of orientation and preparation, going to school maybe, you know, Um, and uh, I've, since, (laughs) since last night I've been doing a lot of thinking about preparation, because usually I have a little bit more time to prepare a sermon, Um, but then I thought about making jam. So 20 years ago when we were in Alaska, uh, one of our neighbors shared with us their low bush blueberry patch. And that was, we had to be there like five or six years before our neighbors, because in Alaska, when somebody has a blueberry patch, they don't let other people know about it because it's wild blueberries and you just don't, so we were, and so, um, and Alaska wild blueberries are the size of BBs. You know, for a BB gun, you know what that is? They're small. And so in order to gather a a quart of them, it takes a lot of time. But there is nothing like an Alaska wild blueberry. And I thought, you know, all these poor people in the lower 48, I'm going to make jam for them and send them jam for Christmas presents. And I started doing that over 20 years ago, probably 25 years ago. 
And I have continued making jam up until the present time, so that now every year I make peach, cherry, blueberry, and one more. Apple butter and one more. Cherry. So, yeah, five. So, and, and so now after making jam for almost 25 years, anybody recognize this? There's a couple, you know, this is Serto's pectin recipe. And there are directions here. And although I've made hundreds of jars of jam, I still use this because this reminds me of what I need to do if I'm going to make a successful jar of jam that actually sets up. Because there's nothing worse than putting all the work into it and your jam doesn't set up and it comes out like syrup. It's a whoa. And I found that when you follow the directions, it actually works. It really, really does. And it has to do with preparation. Sugar, jars, lids, rings, pectin, hot water bath, all that stuff has to be done. And so in the same way, a congregation needs to be prepared when it takes on the kind of responsibilities that you took on this morning when it comes to Edward. Did you all listen to what you promised in terms of what you're going to provide his parents and Edward in terms of Christian education? This congregation, and I know this from our neighbor, Don Klingeman, Don has been ringing the bell in this congregation to start Sunday school again. It's been two years since you've had Sunday school. And as he has talked to me, I've tried to encourage him. And then by golly, God gives me the opportunity to preach to you this morning about preparation and getting ready to start Sunday school. What are the three letters? Sloth, fear, selfishness. Whenever Don or anybody on the education team comes and talks to you about working in the Sunday school this year, I want the Spirit of God to talk to you about sloth, about fear, and about selfishness. I really do. (laughs) Because I want to shame you into becoming a Sunday school teacher? Absolutely not. That doesn't work. I want to promise you, I tried shame for many years. Shame has a as a, has a half-life of an avocado. <laughs> it's good and it's bad. Shame works just like that. You can shame people, it's over, and you, you've wasted your time, and you've lost sometimes a parishioner, or you've lost a friend. Shame does not work. But all of us has to take a, a good look at ourselves in terms of what we are willing to commit to it, part of this congregation and in terms of how we are going to make Sunday school work again after two years. This is a monumental task. There is an amount of inertia. I mean, you just, you know, uh, and, and you wonder, if I commit, are children going to show up? Well, you just don't know. But I want to promise you, if you are willing to stick with it and have Sunday school week after week after week, and after the families in the congregation see that you are serious... And as Pastor Tim will continue to remind you of what your responsibilities are as brothers and sisters in Christ, I am sure that this Sunday school will take off. I'm absolutely sure of it. Because we already know that we have two parents 
We have a set of parents in Sarah and Jody that will make sure that Daniel's going to be here, right, for Sunday school? Right, Jody? Yep, he says yes. So we've already got one, one Sunday school student signed up, and what about these? Oh, sure. So we got five. Let's see. And we got maybe a couple others that might be candidates for Sunday school. No? Yeah, how many? Two more? Wow. I feel like a car salesman who just sold a new car. (laughs) That's really bad. I'm sorry. So when, when the time comes for you to answer that very important question, I would, first of all, for those of you, who of you in your childhood went to Sunday school? Can I see your hands? Do you remember your Sunday school teachers? Do you? You don't remember. Maybe you do. There is... My children, who are now 52, 50, 46, and 37, they still remember their Sunday school teachers. Yeah, they do. Judy... Judy Irwin, who taught all four of our children. Incredible person. All of my children remember her. The thing, as you are willing to teach, there's an, there is nothing like what, nothing like the seeds that you plant in these children. And also, when you come to church on Sunday and these kids see you, they will know your name and you will know them. There's immense. And, and what it is... It's simply passing on what God has done for you in your baptism. Uh, And when it comes to sloth, boy, it's every week preparing a lesson, every week showing up for your class, that's tough. And, And sloth is such a powerful disincentive. It really is. Remember Josh? How was Joshua prepared? We have to go back to Joshua chapter 1. Three different times, God told Joshua this. Be strong and courageous. Three times. Why? Why did God have to take... God had to talk to Joshua three... Because Joshua was lazy like anybody else. He was fearful. In fact, the second one of be strong and good courage, he says... Um, the third one, he said, be not dismayed, do not be fearful. So he, God addresses the fear. And then in terms of the, um, that last thing of, of how, how are we going to uh, overcome selfishness, we overcome selfishness when there's somebody looking over our shoulder. And God said, I will be with you. And in the same way as we take on whatever responsibility within the Christian community, and we're talking now specifically about fulfilling our responsibilities to little Edward. We're talking about that God tells to us. He says, be strong and of good courage. He says, do not be fearful, for I am with you wherever you go. In the name of Jesus, amen.